We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifecenter.org. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. Our desire is to make Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. But I'm continuing with my hero series, and today I'm going to be looking at a character that's well known in the Bible, but this character is usually only talked about around Christmas. And the character's name is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, as, as a young boy growing up, I thought Mary was interesting, but, but I kind of like the Bible heroes, the, 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 you know, the tough men who went to battle and the guys who fought things. And, and, and you know, I, I was kind of into some of these other heroes, and then Mary's just like, okay, she's kind of like really soft and gentle. I mean, that's nice. Maybe she's the girl, the hero, or something like that. But, but I, I, I've gotten to study her, and she's quite an incredible person. And I think we can learn some things. We can take some things from her life and put it into ours. But it's kind of interesting because if you look into church history, the history of, of the church, you'll find that Mary is, is probably the most, uh, there, there's more religious artwork of Mary than any other Bible character other than Jesus. So definitely she would be considered a Bible hero. Uh, uh, and historically, I guess you could say, Mary has been a huge, huge central figure of our faith. In fact, last year when I was in New York, uh, Rebecca and I went to the Cloisters Museum, and, and I, uh, it's, a, it's a really cool museum in Manhattan, and, and, and I, I love that place because I'm so deeply intrigued with religious art, and, and, and I saw, I took pictures of a lot of things that, that I may show you in various sermons coming up, but, but this one I, 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 I'd save because I knew I'd be preaching about Mary at some point, and, and I, I just couldn't. I, I was enthralled by this one. Rebecca kept wanting to go on and look at other stuff. She wanted to go look at the tapestries. I'm like, but this is so cool. And this one is actually called The Enthroned Virgin and Child. And it's, uh, it's, it's carved maple. It's pretty big. I mean, it's pretty good size. It's, it's uh, you know, I'd say that's about uh, five to six feet in height. So it's a, it's a big thing. It's not small. And, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it has, it's painted and has gilding. The age of it is from 12 A.D. approximately, so that makes that, that piece of wood about 850 years old, so some ancient art there. Uh, I, I kind of like it because I, I, I study every little detail. You know, if you're going to look at art, take your time and do it, but I love to study the detail because uh, one of the things I think is, is kind of cool, a lot of that medieval art of Mary and, and Jesus is there. They're doing little hand gestures and, and that, that we simply don't, don't do today, but they meant something significant to to them back in those days, like Mary's doing her little hand gestures and Jesus is doing his and, and kind of kind of cool stuff. And uh, you, you got to look at the big crown on Mary's head. It's pretty, pretty big. But then you look at Jesus. I had to zoom in on him, take another picture of him. Uh, I, I, one of the things that's, that's amazing is, is he's holding this little book. In fact, all this medieval uh, um, artwork of Mary and, and Jesus as a child, you see him, a lot of them, is ho they're holding a book, a little bound book. The only thing is, I think it's quite funny, is that, is that these bound books, they weren't even, they, they didn't exist at the time of Jesus, so he would have been holding a scroll if it was anything. But, but people always, even the clothing they're wearing, people always tend to project onto the Bible their current culture. And I just think that's, that's actually one of the lessons we learn from art. You can see how it changes through the centuries just because people tend to project their, their own culture onto 
the, uh, on, onto the scriptures, which is something that I think we actually have to be a little bit careful of, uh, and that's something we try to do as well. We understand we live in a culture, but we don't want to put our culture into the Bible and say, well, the Bible has to fit into our culture. Instead, we choose to let our hearts fit into the, what the scriptures say as we live in the culture, and that's actually a, a big message of city life. But, but uh, I, I, I thought it was just interesting uh, of this artist's interpretation of Jesus and, uh, and Mary. And I, that, and I remember looking at that thing and I go, the, the, the detail is really incredible. And, and why then was Mary so venerated? And why should we care? And really, I think those are, those are actually good substantive questions because she is actually most certainly a hero. Uh, but before we dive into Mary, I want us to seek to understand a little bit more about some of the other characters. There are three characters in the story. One is Joseph. Joseph is Mary's husband. Uh, the only thing is, is that he wasn't, she, he wasn't Mary's husband at the beginning of the story. Uh, they weren't married. Uh, Joseph actually had found himself in this interesting position. He was probably around 16, maybe 17 years old, and he was pledged to, to get married to Mary. And, and, and that's similar to what we would call engaged, except it was kind of like up a level, so it was a little bit of a deeper commitment. So you can imagine this. Uh, it's kind of interesting. One day Mary, his fiance, comes to him and says, Hey, Joe. You know, I, I know she would have called him Joe instead of Joseph. And so, you know, there are, there's like on the, the short name, you know, instead of calling me Timothy, he calls me Tim. You know. But, hey, Joe. Um, you love me, don't you? You know, Joe, it's like, oh, Mary, of course I do, big girl. And then, and then, and then she says, well, I mean, I mean, you're like, you're like, really love me with all your heart, and you would understand anything about me, right? Well, of course, I, I love you so much, my girl, yeah, we're, I mean, we're getting married, you know, we're, like, we're gonna live together the rest of our lives, and have babies, and have raised a family, and, and she goes, well, <laughs> that's interesting because the most incredible thing has just happened, and, and I, I really can't wait to tell you about it. Now, now if, if a lady tells a guy that, the man's wheels start turning, and, and just ladies, just lets you know, maybe, maybe Joseph was starting to think at this point, okay, what did she do? Did she go like buy a dining room set or something and forget that I'm a carpenter and that, you know, that I could make it for her? Or, you know, she's like, did she go buy a new dress? Is she wearing new shoes but I didn't recognize? Is her hair different? I don't know. I don't know. And, and, and so she goes, okay, here it is. I'm pregnant. God did it. <laughs> and I'm still a virgin, so everything's okay. <laughs> in fact, Joseph, Joe, Joe, the baby in me, he's going to save people from their sins. Okay. Now, I don't care how religious you are. Joseph, this 16, 17-year-old tough guy, all of a sudden, his thoughts and his mind are going crazy at that point. I mean, first of all, he's got, he's got to be looking at her going, have you flipped out? Have you been in the sun too long today? And then, and then the next thing I'm sure he's thinking is like, wait a minute. She is pregnant. It, it like, is there another guy? I mean, did someone take advantage of her? And 
There's no way he even knew what was going on. He actually was pretty freaked out. The, the, the Bible tells us that he loved her and everything, and, but, but this is way too complex. It was way too weird. And, 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 and Joseph looked at the situation naturally, and he didn't want to expose her to any public disgrace. So, uh, and, and the truth is, during that time, there's the possibility of, if this came out, that she would be stoned to death, you see? And he didn't want to do that, so he thought, well... I'll just kind of quietly call off this engagement and just kind of move on with my life. Uh, um, and bef before he called it off, uh, Joseph was visited by an angel in a dream. And this angel said, hey, Mary is pregnant, but she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And the angel told him, you know, don't, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Please go ahead and get married. And, and in addition, uh, the angel said, since you're the father, back in those days, the father would name the children. So, so he says, as the father, you need to know that his name is to be Jesus because he's going to save people from their sins. He's going like, okay, wow, this is what Mary told me. And so what Joseph did is, he took some heroic steps himself, and he obeyed the angel. He took Jesus as his child, and he raised Jesus as his own son. He trained him in the family business of carpentry. And we don't even really know for sure, but there is some evidence that Joseph died at an early age because of, of his very obvious absence in the story of Jesus and the family. Uh, after Jesus' 12th birthday, somewhere after there, he probably most likely died. But Joseph is one of the key characters. And, and another, one, another one of the characters is Gabriel. Gabriel is an angel. He's actually one of the top angels. Some people refer to him as an archangel. Uh, God sent Gabriel to visit uh, Mary in the, the little community of Nazareth and, and to tell her what was about to happen. And, and this is kind of, it's a kind of amazing thing because not many people get chat time with one of the higher up angels. And, and so he's a major character in the story. And finally, the other character, which we're really going to emphasize today, is Mary. She's the mother of Jesus. Now, <laughs> when Gabriel talked to her and, he, and, and, and appeared to her. She was engaged to Joseph at the time already. She was also sexually pure, and, but she was probably about 13 years old when this all happened. Now I know you're going, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. And this does seem shocking to our culture. It, it is, but, uh, but under the ancient Jewish law, the truth is the usual age for a, a girl to be married was about the age of 12. So so most would say, you know, actually most scholars would say she was probably, though, about 13 years old. Um, Mary was a servant girl, so she was most certainly financially disadvantaged. Uh, in fact, servants in those times were never provided with opportunities or options like most people are in our culture. But this little servant girl, financially disadvantaged, gave birth to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, then that's actually quite an honor. In fact, in the scriptures, she, she also appears to be kind of just like a normal mom. I mean, she even chews Jesus out. Like, Jesus, what are you doing? I mean, can you imagine doing that? It's like, Jesus, Jesus, what are you doing? Uh, you know, Jesus didn't sin, but, but he did some things that got under his mom's skin. And like one of them was when he, at the age of 12, he disappears from the group while visiting Jerusalem at the temple, and she chews Jesus out. Where have you been? We've been looking for you. You've had us all worried. I mean, I've had, I, I got chewed out with that one all the time. Any of you, was, I would roam around. I would be gone. I would just disappear for a long time and come back after hours and I was exploring the woods, Mom. I don't know. What's your problem? But, but, uh, but she, he got chewed out by, by his mother, Jesus. And, and, but, but, but she was a good mother at the age of 47. She was one of the people who was there with him at the cross, at the crucifixion, stayed after everyone had left. Um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, she knew his humanity, yet she also knew 
that he was divine at the same time. I mean, she, she raised the man. Uh, in fact, his very first miracle, his first miracle wasn't his choice. His mere first miracle he was told to do by mama. <laughs> do you know that? I mean, there, he was at this wedding feast. They ran out of, uh, out of wine. And, and so, Jesus, so Mary's like, well, we can't ruin the party. And she's like, well, I know Jesus is divine here. And she, but she'd never seen a miracle. But she goes and tells him, hey, you know, I want you to, to fix this situation. He's like, mom, 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 mom. I mean, he's a grown adult. Mom, please. It's not time yet, son. So, I mean, he, he just, he does it. He turns water into wine, his very first miracle. So, you know, she is a pretty special lady to have been selected by God for this very purpose, a real hero. So, now we've seen some background. You're kind of beginning to get the picture of what's going on. So, now I want us to look in your Bibles at Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It's a little part, piece of the story of Mary that I want to pull out here that I think is quite incredible and deeply applicable to our own lives. In Luke 1, 26, I read from the NIV, it says, in the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which was her cousin, her cousin Elizabeth was pregnant, uh, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. That's why people call her the Virgin Mary, <laughs> naturally. The angel went to her and said, now here, this is important, this is important. Angel said to her, greetings, you who are highly favored. Say highly favored with me. Highly favored. You are highly favored. Say it again. Highly favored. What did the angel say? You are good. And then, she, then the angel said, the Lord is with you. And she's like, yes. No, actually, that's not what happened. She totally freaked out. And, and, and you know, you would too. I mean, this, this like Gabriel just shows up. Hey, you're highly favored. God's with you. You know, wait, wait a minute. But the, that's why the angel Gabriel immediately says, hey, don't, don't, don't be afraid. I want to tell you what's, what's going on here. You're going to conceive and give birth to uh, this, this child who's going to save people from their sins. And then the way it's going to work is the Holy Spirit's going to come up on you. And this is going to happen. And I love her response to the angel Gabriel because she responded by saying, well, I'm the Lord's servant, and may your word to me be fulfilled. It's kind of interesting because she as a servant knew that when someone with higher authority told her to do something, it had better happen. And so she understood the role of a servant. And so she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. There's a lot there for us, guys, because... We, we live in a culture where we're not anybody's servant, and, and we have to kind of relearn that when it comes to serving God. So, so then the angel then left her. Now, what I, what I really find intriguing is how Gabriel actually greeted her. He told Mary she was highly favored and the Lord was with her. And so as I'm studying this, and I've studied this, the story of Mary many times, but as I'm studying this, I just I honed in on those words. I'm like, wait a minute, there's something here. And, and honestly, I couldn't get over those words, highly favored. I read it over and over. I was like, well, it's pretty simple, yet amazingly profound. I mean, Mary was highly favored. The Lord was with her. I mean, that's very, very clear. And, and, and I kind of just like, okay, I wonder what, what she felt. Because if you're going to study the scriptures, you want to kind of know what, try to figure out what would people would have felt or thought at the moment when something happened. So what would Mary think when that was coming to her? And, and what, what did that mean to her? And other than the rush of adrenaline and the issues of the fear, she basically would have understood what the angel was saying is this, is that, hey, Mary, you're God's favorite. That's what she would have heard. 
highly favored means that God decided that she was the favorite. I'm, or, or at least she was pretty high up on the ladder. Now, did you know God did that? <laughs> did you know that God favored certain people, or at least this one particular person? Now, as a New Testament pastor and Christian, I mean, that, that's a little bit of a mystery to me. So I, I, I looked up this term that's translated highly favored. I really wanted to get into it, so I, got it, I looked in a little bit of my study. I don't always give you my study background, but I love to study deeply the scriptures. And, and so I, I got into it, and, and, and I started looking in, in the original language of the New Testament, which is the Greek language. And in the Greek language, this term highly favored, it means this. And listen to this definition. It means to make graceful, charming, loving, and agreeable, to peruse with grace, to encompass with favor, and to honor with blessings. So that's some pretty good verbiage there describing this. Basically, God saw Mary as graceful, loving, charming, and agreeable. And, and, and he gave Mary huge amounts of grace. And he just, he, he poured all kinds of favor onto her. And, and God then just honored her with blessings. And that's that's profound. That's pretty cool. I actually thought, yeah, that, that's, that's really nice. So, okay, I want to see where else in the New Testament this is used because you begin to understand what a word means when you look at its other uses in the, in the Bible. And so I went through the New Testament to find where else is this term highly favored used. And, and I was thinking, I'm sure there's probably another two or three people that God spoke this over. And, and, and I, 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 I didn't find that. Actually, what's unique about this particular terminology, it's only found twice in the Bible. Twice in the New Testament. One is when the angel Gabriel gives this little introduction, this greeting to Mary. And the other is when Paul is giving an introduction and a greeting to an ancient Greek church in Ephesus. Now I think, okay, what's the deal? Okay, all of a sudden the wheels fall off and I'm just like, like oh man, this is crazy. If, if the people around the office who were in the office that day heard me like shriek, I mean, that was it. It's like, no, nah, I can't believe what I just found. It, it, this really got my attention for a couple of reasons. I want to tell you why. First of all, see, Paul was writing, using the same terminology, was writing to this church in Ephesus that he had planted. It was one of his church plants. And this is about, though, 30 years after the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. So over here, when Paul was writing this and using this terminology about being highly favored to all these people, this is a different era. They're under a new order. The blood of Jesus had been shed. Believers now had God living in them, the Spirit of God living in them. And, and it was very different than the time when Gabriel visited Mary. I mean, now you can be in Christ. Then there was no such thing. And so it's, it's totally different circumstances spiritually. Okay, now there's a second thing that I found quite interesting too is that church history, this is not in the Bible, but it's actually in church history, it maintains that Mary eventually moved to this Greek city of Ephesus where Timothy was the pastor. And in fact, she is very likely that she would have been there at about the age of 75 when she heard this letter read publicly from Paul to the church. So Timothy, the pastor, would have been reading this letter to the church. She is sitting there about 75 years old, and she's hearing these same words that, the, in her ear, she's hearing these same words of a greeting that's been given by Paul to the whole church, just what Gabriel said to her. You know her ears were ringing at that moment. 
what in the world's going on? Basically what Paul is saying in this letter, he greets all these Christians in Ephesus and he uses that same terminology that Gabriel used earlier, 60 years earlier, when he addressed Mary. And which is, he's just saying, you are highly favored. What, what Paul is saying now to this whole church that he started, he said, said you guys, you are, you, you're, you're, you're graceful, you're charming, you're lovely, and you're agreeable, and, and you have huge amount of grace given to you by God. And God has poured his favor on every one of you, and God honors you, his followers, with great blessings just like Mary. And you, and you know what? I just have this little image in my mind that Mary, right in the middle of the service, and said, I've heard that one before. That was for me. But now, everybody gets what I had. Now, there is this tradition that Mary is very unique, and she's one of a kind. And actually, I do believe that was true backward, from her life backward. See, but after the work of Jesus on the cross, the declaration of being highly favored or being God's favorite is not just on Mary. See, if you're a follower of Jesus and, and you've asked God to dwell in your hearts and you're serving God, you're on the believer's path, you are, just like Mary, highly favored. In fact, I love the way the Message Bible uh, uh, alliterates Paul's greeting to the church. And I want to read this to you and I want you to listen to it because these are not just words to that church, but these are words to us as well. So here's how Paul starts this off and, and again Mary would have been hearing this like this is the same greeting that I would have gotten from the angel it says how blessed is God and what a blessing he is he's the father of our master Jesus Christ and takes us to the high places and blessing in him and I mean, you see all this verbiage it's flowery it's beautiful it says long before God laid the earth's foundation he had us in mind he settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, God decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus. <laughs> and what pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. All of that beautiful verbiage spoken to the church is talking about the love of God and how blessed you are and how you are highly favored. It's the same terminology that's there. It's quite amazing. You see, because of what Jesus did for us, you and me, it's not just Mary anymore that's highly favored. It's not Mary anymore that just has the Lord with her. The Lord is no longer just with her, but he's with us and in us. You see, okay, get this. Anyone who puts God first in their lives, like Mary, anyone who trusts in Jesus, anyone who chooses to be humble and not prideful uh, because of the favor and the blessing of God in their lives, you're, you're like Mary. Uh, if, if anyone, it's anyone basically who recognizes that all the glory and the honor belongs to God, you're like Mary. So basically it's this, it's this. Believers are highly favored. The Lord is with them. If you're a believer, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, you may have been raised in a tradition that honors Mary above other characters in the Bible, and I respect that because actually to some degree, I, I think that's a wonderful thing. But after the work of Jesus on the cross, for all of us, God, this is good, God no longer seeks out an individual or two to be highly favored. He doesn't do that anymore. You see, 
Mary gave birth to Jesus who shed his blood for us and we're under that same blessing that was given to Mary. And, if, and it actually comes through Jesus. We are highly favored. You, have, you understand, I'm not more highly favored than you. No, not at all. What we have today is a little different. It's not that the angel is going to come speak to you and some of you are going to say, well, I've been waiting for an angel. I need an angel to come tell me I'm blessed of God. Okay, here, you probably aren't going to get that, all right? Instead, what you're getting right here is God talking to you, even through me, and then saying, you are already highly favored for, by God, and it's a choice. You get to choose to stand in it and walk in it and live it, or you get the choice to say no. You get the choice to say, I'm going to be highly favored, which means I'm going to be graceful, and I'm going to be charming, and I'm going to love you, and I'm going to be agreeable, and I'm going to receive huge amounts of grace from God, and I'm going to have God's favor poured and dumped on me, and God is going to bless me and honor me, or you can say, no, I don't want that. Isn't it kind of cool? We get to choose. Which one do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Therefore, I would say Mary then is a good template for our lives because she's a hero that we can emulate, but she's not some tower that, that hovers over us. What's impressive about Mary is she just accepts whatever is told to her and lowliness and humility as a servant. I am the servant of the Lord. And she could have bragged about it to all of her friends, but she didn't. It's kind of interesting. God prefers to use humble people. That's something I want to work on. That's something I want to be. I want to be used of God. See, what Mary did, she did all of this for the good of others. It wasn't for her own reputation. She lived a life of blessing, but she also lived a life of sacrifice. She lived a, sacri a life of sacrifice to bear and to mother this, this son that would save people from their sins. She, she sacrificed her own reputation and could have potentially been stoned to death so that other people could be set free from sin. Now you see why she's God's favorite and it's why you and I, under the grace of God, because of the blood of Jesus, we are highly favored. So no more does God select one person to be his favorite. In fact, all believers are God's favorite. If you'll notice on the screens, I chose to capitalize that word favorite because that's the root of favor. That means the one who is favored. And it's you and you and you. I have three sons and I used to do a really sneaky thing as a dad it was sneaky but it was honest I, I like to be honest but sometimes I'll sneaky with my honesty I, I, I would go to each of my boys and say Preston yeah, I don't tell anyone but you're my favorite okay thanks dad thanks dad I am yeah you're my favorite and, and I, I meant that and it was kind of easy to say when he was the only one then came along Devin and he's a happy Devin and Devin's all done he's happy Devin's all for a party and I was like he's my favorite and he's my favorite then I, had, I would tell Devin, Devin, you're my favorite. And then I'd go over to Preston's room and just a few minutes later say, Preston, you're my favorite. And I meant it. I, I meant it. Then along came little Ian, you know, and, and Ian, he's just, a, he, it's like, Ian, you're my favorite. And Preston is, and Devin is. Now, any of you who's a loving parent, you totally get that. You totally get that. If you've not had kids yet, you're going, that's just weird. You'll understand one of these days. You're my favorite, and you're my favorite, and you're my favorite. <laughs> That's what God is doing to you. He's looking at every one of you and just saying, yeah, but, but you're my favorite. You have huge amounts of God's favor dumped on you, and you get to choose to stand under that waterfall. 
of God's blessing or not. Sometimes, though, we, we, we walk away from his favor because of, of our pride or selfishness. And sometimes we walk away from the favor because we're looking at our own flaws and saying, well, can't, God, can't, I can't be his favorite because I, I am flawed. But, but like Mary, if we will just do what Mary did and be humble and stick with God's plan for our lives, amazing things can happen. I mean, she's a terrific example for us. She's a terrific example for us. And, and so, and, and, and in fact, there's even greater blessing on us than Mary. Okay, here's the story. One day Jesus was preaching. And, and Jesus was preaching, and this lady stands up during the middle of his sermon, and she starts yelling out. Uh, so it was, I'm sure it was kind of a little bit of an awkward moment. Maybe that was their culture to yell out during sermons at that time. I mean, around here, you tend to not do that. Some of you, just, you know, might go, hey, man, that's fine. That's fine. I, lo I love good feedback. I love good feedback. All right, good, good. I <laughs> do. But, but preach, I am. All right, but, but this lady like, stands up and yells something out during the middle of a sermon, and I love what happened, because she's all of a sudden, obviously she's getting blessed. She's like, oh, I just love this sermon. This is the best. So she stands up, so here it is. It says, as he was speaking, Luke 11, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother. Well, I don't know if she used that accent. Let's just, I, um, let's just say it normal, Okay. I'm going to get in trouble here. God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breast that nursed you. So it's like, in other words, like, God bless Mary. Yes. Yeah, she didn't even know Mary was, but she's like, his mom must be amazing. She's blessed of God. And so Jesus replies, but even more. So, okay, hold on. Those three words right there tell us, like, yeah, absolutely, mom is blessed. Absolutely. Uh-huh. My mom was blessed. Is your mom blessed? My mom was blessed. But then he says something phenomenal. He says, even more are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Okay, guys, that, my friend, is huge. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah, Mary's a hero. Yeah, she's blessed. But you are even more blessed. In fact, anyone is more blessed than Mary if you do two things. Hear the word of God and choose to practice what it says. Now, those two reasons are why we preach openly here. That's why we put our messages out on the app and on online and all that kind of stuff. And we want to get the word of God out. That's why we invite our friends to church. It, it's, it's because we want people to hear God's word so that you can experience that blessing. And so that all a person has to do then is make the personal choice. Choose to put it into practice or to not put it into practice. Choose to be highly favored or choose to just try to run life on your own. So, being highly favored basically comes down to this. It means hearing God's word and doing it. You don't have to wait for Gabriel to come and talk to you and speak to you because God's talking to you now. He's calling you just like Mary. He, 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 he wants you to be a hero like Mary, a hero of, of fearlessness and courage. God is saying, I don't want you to be ordinary anymore. Like Mary, has she accepted God's plan? God's saying to you, I want you to accept this direction for, for your life, and I'm asking you to just to walk in it and be bold and do it. Just like Mary, he's saying, I want you to trust God above the opinions of other people. Why? Because, my friend, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. <laughs> God is the lover of the most lowly people, and he uses the most unlikely people to give birth to his plans. It's when people say, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. You see, what God birthed through Mary changed the course of history. People's lives are changed. Our lives are changed because of what Mary did. 
But it doesn't stop with Mary. Because you're under the blood of Jesus and you have his blood in you. You're under that blessing as well. And you can give birth to the amazing beyond our, my ability to understand or comprehend. See, God's Spirit came upon Mary, but God's Spirit lives, dwells, abides in you. Guys, we're not created for the ordinary. You're God's favorite. God. God wants to use you, 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 his favorite, to change the course of other people's lives. You're highly favored. You already have the word of God, so all you have to do is put it into practice, and there is no cap, there is no limit on what God can do through you. I think it's time for us to see and know and understand that we're all highly favored. You are graceful, charming, lovely, and agreeable. You are continuing to receive huge amounts of the grace of God. You have God's favor poured out on you. You have the blessing of God and God's blessing and his honor it has been given to you. You are God's favor. And God just simply wants you to recognize it and then use that favor. Thousands of years back before uh, Mary, uh, back when the first part of the Bible was being written by Moses, the Lord instructed Moses, this is way back to the beginning, uh, when he was leading God's people out of Egypt into the promised land, that the priests or the spiritual leaders were to speak a blessing on the people. You see, God wanted this thing about you being blessed to get into your spirit at an early time. So he started at the very, very beginning to do this. So anytime there was a gathering of people and they were about to dismiss, the priests were to speak this over the people. And here it is. It's recorded for us in the scripture. It says, God spoke to Moses. Number six, tell Aaron and his sons, and Aaron was the guy who's in charge of the priests and his sons, Eleazar and all those. This is how you are to bless the people of Israel. Say to them, God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Any of you guys heard that before? If you hang around in life, you've heard it before, all right? And then it goes on. I want you to catch the next part. He said, because in doing so, they will place my name on the people of Israel. And I will confirm it by turning around and blessing them. In other words, when you hear that blessing, you receive it. It's like, yes, I receive that blessing. God says, okay, now I'm going to confirm that you are my child and I'm going to bless you. Now, I, I love that verbal blessing. And it is, it is part of our tradition every Sunday at the conclusion of the services to speak that. It was established by God to be a reminder that his people are always under God's blessing and care. God wants us to see him a certain way. Far too many see people, God see people, or far too many people see God as being being harsh and mean. He's carrying around a big stick and he's just watching and waiting for you to mess up so he can pop you upside the head and slam you down like you messed up again, you human you you know a lot of us think that but god wanted every gathering to be dismissed this with those words because what god wanted people to remember it's interesting because people tend to remember the last thing they hear god wanted people to remember this not not some scornful angry image of the wrath of god but god wanted people to remember the smile of God, the blessing of God, the protection of God, the generosity of God. And that God of peace will be with you and in you and will help you in all of your interactions. You see, it's always been, since the very beginning, it's always been God's plan to bless and favor 
all of his people. Mary is simply, simply the example of how it can work in our lives. In fact, when faced with a choice to be ordinary or extraordinary, I choose to be extraordinary and to be under the blessing of God. She made that choice. She made the right choice. And as a result, Mary ran her race well. She, Mary, she, she ran her way, race with perseverance, and she, she did it. She had the stamina to run this race and to do all the challenging things she had to walk through because she knew this, I am highly favored. And you are too, my friend. You are graceful, you are charming, you're lovely, and you're agreeable. You are continuing to receive huge amounts of grace from God. God's favor has been poured over you. God's blessing and honor has been given to you. Therefore, you can run this race, and you can run to win. You see, Mary, she just needed that continual reminder of what the angel spoke to her. and She's like, I can do this because God's favor is on me. And that's what I say here week after week after week. That's why I, I love to bring an encouraging message to you guys because I want to give this to you week after week because the world can sock you out, can knock you down, and there can be a lot of tough stuff that you face outside these doors. But here, I'm here to say God is with you. God has his favor on you. God cares about you. He loves you, and he wants you to win. He does. He does. <laughs> so let's get rid of the sin. Let's get rid of the thought processes that slow us down. It's written out for us here in this theme scripture for this year that I want you to read aloud with me. It's on the screens, Ephesians, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Say it with me. Come on. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. See, you can do this. You might, say, you, might, you might say, well, I'm just ordinary. Well, you might be ordinary in the eyes of other people. In fact, you might be extraordinarily ordinary. You know? But because of what Jesus did on the cross, you, my friend, have the power to run your race. And you have the power to deal with every single obstacle in your life. You are charming. You are graceful. You are lovely. You're agreeable. There are huge amounts of the grace of God being dumped on you constantly. God's favor, you're swimming in the favor of God. God's blessing and honor has been given to you. Just live in it and receive it and walk in it and run your race with perseverance because you are God's favorite. Did you believe it? Okay, will you receive it? Will you be willing to break out of the ordinary while continuing to walk in humility and help other people and giving them the love, the life, and the power of God that you're swimming in right now? See, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. No movement at this time, please. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I'd love for you to focus internally. Uh, maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've drifted from a relationship with God and you want to know this Jesus that I'm talking about. And you, you want a new beginning. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And if you want to be included in this closing prayer, you want to surrender your life just completely to Jesus and begin to walk in his favor, be his favorite. I'm just going to ask you to do something simple. It's to raise your hand at the count of three in just a moment. Because faith is when we respond outwardly what's stirring on the inside Jesus loves you he loves you so much more than you can imagine or dream or even begin to understand and everything changes today you lift your hand for me one two three lift your hand for me say that's me I need I want to make things right with Jesus yes who else 
Yes, who else? Anyone else? You put your hands down. Anyone else? All right, I'd love for everyone to stand with me. If you raise your hand, I want you to stand with me along with everyone else. And here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that you pray this prayer with me along with this entire congregation of believers. Say these words with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive me of my sin. Today I give up my past and I embrace your plan for my future. Today I am making the choice to be your favorite. Come on, say it again. Today I'm making the choice to be your favorite. Your favor is now on me and I will take action on it for you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. If you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifecenter.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.